he who sings prays twice. <laughs> I just heard that one. I'm not sure what it means, but it sounds deep. I am on the prowl indeed. Welcome to Podcats. This is Cats, John Katzlamitas of the Las Vegas Review Journal. My column is called Cats, fittingly enough. Find it on page 3A every day and online all the time. Our guest this week is the longtime frontman for Van Halen. He has also enjoyed a successful solo career, and he's always been fond of Las Vegas. He is headlining nine shows at House of Blues at Mandalay Bay beginning January 8th. He is none other than Diamond David Lee Roth. Hey, how are you today? Hey, 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 I know that voice. <laughs> how are you? Uh, from, ac- from across the ages, I used to sing to you as a kid. Uh, you said something hey. one time, David, I always remembered. It's the music that you were, you were blasting out of your car when you were going through a drive-thru, I think at McDonald's or Burger King, something like well, that. Well, that was probably that was where me. a lot of people, people heard that first <laughs> from the back of a pickup truck. That's right, or Taco and Bell or one of them. <laughs> how are you doing? Talk to me. I'm doing well. We're looking forward to having you here. Um, it seems from to me like you're looking forward to being here. Is that an accurate assessment? Las Vegas is the epicenter of modern show business today. What you're used to in the local theaters and drive-ins adjacent is 10-hour bus rides and people trying to accommodate sound checks in drafty basketball halls in four hours. <laughs> That's the best bands possible. You beat the hell out of your singers. You beat the hell out of all your wind instruments and your dancers. And it's like the NFL. Everybody's playing hurt. Ooh. Half of your crew, mm-hmm. half of your crew, is taking pain pills, and the other half actually have a prescription for those pain pills. <laughs> and I'm talking about everybody from the country acts to blues, urban, hip hop, rock and roll. You're playing games like doing the old Gene Krupa bands, 19 nights in a row, that kind mm-hmm, of a thing. Mm-hmm. When you come to Las Vegas. Everybody starts at the all-you-can-eat Elvis buffet first thing in the morning. (laughs) Whatever it is that gets your engine humming. If you eat gluten-free, Spanish-speaking, vegetarian kale that was slave-free and you only eat organic coffee with a little peace symbol on the top that is only soy latte milk, you can get that in Las Vegas at (laughs) 6 in the morning. I think what you've just recited is our our next uh, civic uh, advertising campaign it'll okay. replace what no, happens no. here well, stays it's here true. it's great well no, it's the true. sound and the lights <laughs> i come from a vinyl record collection background that started with motown before the beatles all the way up through rock and roll and every kind of country uh jazz is my forte mm-hmm. all right so i know i know every single note i know every little scrape of a chair on a live album i know every <laughs> wrong note every sour note and everybody from miles davis to paul mccartney from Metallica to me. And when I go to a show, I'm a crybaby, whiny-ass little I want everything (laughs) perfect. I want it better than perfect. I want boom in the room. I want my ass 
getting bumps when the bass man thumps appropriately. I want visual. Bring me a new haircut pair of shoes. And I'm going to grade unflinchingly, all right, like a New York City film critic. Hard, baby. <laughs> That's one of my inner children. And Las Vegas delivers, delivers, delivers. I'm a Gaga fan. I'm a Bruno Mars fan. I'm oh, a Metallica mm-hmm, fan. Mm-hmm. I love Journey. I'm going to mm-hmm. go see Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. I love the UFC. My whole life is mixed martial arts. And it's all really better there. And I'm telling you as a complainy, crybaby, whiny you know (laughs) as a fan i know i'm a fan but the fans who are truly fans complain all the time i'm a troll it keeps the bar nice and high you've probably gathered by now that diamond dave likes playing las vegas but it's not about the buffets and soy lattes he says the biggest difference maker in vegas is that as a performer you can actually see eyebrows from the stage when was the last time you went to a Springsteen gig and saw eyebrows? I was I, I went to a Springsteen gig. I've been to four or five of them at a stadium with my father. It turns out I was watching the wrong guy for two hours. I was watching the guitar tech. I didn't know it wasn't Bruce. They're all wearing black. It could you have been a hologram for all you knew, right? Well, the holograms are better in Vegas because holograms cost a lot of freaking money. And Vegas brings it for that. Yeah, right. Have you have you um experienced any shows at House of Blues where you're going to be playing? Have you seen anybody? Of course, yeah. of course, over it's... the years. And the classics come in there because the room is tuned for a classic acoustic kind of sound. When you have somebody like Santana, he's depending mm-hmm. not entirely on a sound system because the size of the room accommodates congas which is where those rooms and those instruments were perfected. Nobody, there is nowhere in Cuba that is 25,000 people big (laughs) that they've perfected their sound the way Metallica did in arenas, the way Van Halen did in arenas. Mm -hmm. Those instruments, guitars that were written and perfected and composed upon where there was almost no metal sound. You're right. on a beach. Right. You're somewhere out in the country. The most metallic sound you might hear is the bell around the neck of an ox. Seriously. <laughs> when no, you I hear Brazilian it. music, when you hear Brazilian music, that's music. The classic samba that's written in places where barely will you ever hear an engine. Mm-hmm. What are we going to see uh, out of the show uh, at House of Blues exactly? I've seen, uh, you know, it kind of described in a news release, but you tell me what we're going to be uh, seeing out of David Lee Roth at House of Blues. If you can't bring it in a pair of jeans and a white T-shirt under one bulb on a string, then you can't bring it. If you can, well, then you got a good, strong, sturdy tree, and now we can bring the tinsel. And whatever it is <laughs> that it is, whether you're spinning batons or, can, you know, flipping, uh, you know, juggling or whatever, Cirque du Soleil Dave style, 40 Shades of Dave, I'm the smile that has launched a thousand hips. Okay, now you tell me. <laughs> and I started getting myself ready like a boxer or a ballerina or a tap dancer. And I'm kind of a combination of all of it. I'm dependent on my body completely, 100% my rig. And I started getting that ready on my birthday last October. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. being the case, uh, it's not all cupcakes, tinsel, and glamour. There's a lot of characters on the Hair Nation channel, Sirius XM, that's perhaps mm-hmm. a bit closer to wrestling. It's mm-hmm. about character and pathological you know, here's one guy who's always mean. Here's another guy who's always uh, uh, happy. That kind of a it's a, a it's called pathological characters. Um, Van Halen 
we did our 10,000 hours before we made even our first record. Right. We were the result of really unsmiling, unfriendly European music teachers. <laughs> and when we brought it together, we brought craft thousands and thousands of hours is working together as a team and working together as individual. And that's where our spirit and our drive, maybe some of our arrogance came from. Yeah. You learned we how worked to, to win over a crowd we, early. Uh, yeah. In your career and, and we approached it like a South Pacific rugby team or the way, uh, the American female soccer team did. You did. Yeah. We brought mm -hmm. it. We brought it the way people at the MGM grand garden bring it when they go, let's get ready. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of an attitude comes into it. All right. So I put together a, a double guitar, three guitars uh, approach because we're not making any effort to replicate Van Halen live. That's guitar, bass, drums, Eddie. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. No, this is the album. We start the way the album sounds. And man, that's a high hurdle. You're going right. to have to come after the show. Tell me if I did it because <laughs> it requires multiple guitars and like I said, this will change your haircut. As, as I have shared with others, I told the band, let's not give the band a name. It's not the David Lee Roth band. This has its own sound. And the sound is serious. So give it a serious name. Why don't we call the sound Horses of God? <laughs> and, let's see if, and let's see if you can f add up to that. <laughs> Dave has had such a long career, both with Van Halen and on his own, that I wanted to know how he manages to edit down his set lists. The classic term is routining. It comes from British Music Hall. Mm -hmm. uh, you take 10 acts, 10 records, 10 songs like a DJ perhaps. What are they put in and how are they presented? Is there overlap, quick segue? Do you stop and introduce? routining mm -hmm. and you have to be able to work with your audience the same way that you work with a single individual sometimes it's in debate sometimes it's conversation and sometimes you're laughing celebrating together frequently in my audience it is the victory dance mm -hmm. but it's back and forth this episode of podcasts will be right back we'll get back to the interview in exactly 20 seconds I'd like to use those 20 seconds to once again say thanks for listening and ask for a quick favor. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts and you like what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review. If you want to support the show, that's the best way to do it. Your reviews go a long way to help podcasts reach new listeners. Now back to the show. Welcome back. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, David Lee Roth will be opening in Las Vegas on January 8th which also happens to be Elvis's birthday. According to Dave, that was no accident. Let's not let the poetry of this be lost. Okay. <laughs> I just want to know how to dress, sir. That's all. I, exactly. We and, we, and we've been sitting going, how do we how do we memorialize this? Certainly makes the date way easier to remember. Elvis's birthday, January 8th. Okay. But the spirit of Elvis way bigger than the music. I don't know how many Elvis's records I actually bought wasn't my generation. Mm -hmm, right. But the spirit, the attitude, the vibe, the cool of Elvis. Elvis had many phases, many stages, okay. And depending on who you are and how old, I don't know, are you military Elvis with the perfect complexion? Mm -hmm. Were you beginning Elvis when he upset everybody with a hibba hibba shika shika? Or are, were you uh, uh, end, end stage Elvis, which frankly I enjoy that as much 
I like <laughs> Keith Richard. I like Keith Richards for all the same reasons. Yeah, I dig. I dig end stage uh, Keith great. every bit as much, and I'm prepared to spend fifteen hundred dollars to go see him mm-hmm. as well. And if he plays in Vegas, I'll spend another fifteen hundred dollars because I can see his eyebrows. <laughs> if you can, if you can see somebody's eyebrows, then you can. T- then you have a, a connection face to face. And in most of the venues in Las Vegas, it is as simple as that mm-hmm. and whether it's gaga bruno me you know we're expressive mother mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. when you talk about garth brooks nobody has better selling reggae i think he has seven diamond records more than the beatles why mm-hmm. because of the, because of his personality mm-hmm. because of who he is his character and from what i can tell half of his show is him telling stories what a better place to hear it than in one of those rooms i've played mm-hmm. every room on earth you know the johnny cash song i've been everywhere man oh yeah i've mm-hmm. been okay he names <laughs> about 200 opalusa toscaloosa opalaka i think there were four cities i haven't actually been in and two of them two of them changed their name not because i had been there but maybe <laughs> yeah, Garth had a, Garth had a great run. You were right; he had a great run over at Encore Theater in Las Vegas, and and he, doing the exact thing you just described. So he was one of the he was one of the earliest uh, resident headliners who wasn't uh, you know afraid to to go out there with just an acoustic guitar and just tell a story and and be funny and be you know it helped that he's got world class talent. But uh, what do your colleagues think about this run, Dave? Um, and uh, even if it's the other guys in Van Halen, are they uh, chiming in and giving you suggestions or weighing in at no, all on us? Yeah, I uh, just called Ed and to find out who the guitar tech I need to talk to is and some of the gear I need. Everybody's fully aware. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, <clears throat> We live in small circles here. We have the same manager, everything. And uh, the Van Halen songs, the stuff you sing along with, I wrote. I'm a part owner. <laughs> the, <laughs> the It's in the DNA. And, uh, you know, whatever happens with Van Halen, it's not for me to guess. But, yeah. uh, Is there a possibility you know, I, of you guys uh, touring or recording? I've got to ask I that I don't know. And uh, I, I wouldn't hold my breath. Okay. So I take it very seriously when mm-hmm. I get out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the music department, this is not a tribute band. It's not a backup band. This has taken me about four years to really bring it around. Jeez, just the prep for this. Most acts take six, eight weeks uh, to bring the full production together. And we'll have been eight months in preparation for the music in the same spirit that the original Van Halen was built. The average age in this band now is 25 years old. And uh, they're ready to plug in. I've seen Dave perform live a handful of times over the past four decades, dating all the way back to when I saw Van Halen in 1982. Somehow he seems to have the same zeal and the same energy he's always had on stage. I asked him if it feels any different for him to perform now compared to when he was just starting out. I can give you a poetic answer. Uh, There are many reasons that I still sing with the mid-level fury. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If if that's even possible. That'd be a good name for your backing band, actually. (laughs) Exactly. exactly. I just thought that. (laughs) Mid-level fury. Mid-level fury. David Lee Roth and mid-level fury. (laughs) It's it's very funny because I don't know if that's possible, is it? (laughs) Fury throws us off. Can you be furious, but at (laughs) mid-level? Just sort of sedate fury. 
<laughs> I don't know. It's like my, my day. I, I'm somewhere between pissed off and not too pissed off. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a That's George been, Carlin routine. There's an essence of chalance out there. You know? <laughs> exactly. That, you know? I, I can maintain mid-level fury. <laughs> <laughs> Calibrated fury. It's, it's genuine fury with a, with a, a prescribed medication. <laughs> but uh, what, what shall we Cultivated. Cultivated. cultivated fury. Pace that fury. Hey, I want to ask you something, by the way. Hold I, on. No, I never answered the question. Oh, go ahead. That was I'm a sorry. good riff, though. That was a good riff. Sorry. Good riff. I got lost in the riff. Um, no, it's okay. Good one. Poetry. Poetically. All right. I knew David Bowie. I'm going to drop a name. Okay. We shared strong drink on more than several occasions. And early 90s, 91, maybe 93, somewhere there, I was in a studio in New York. Phone call come through. It says, Dave's on, Bowie's on the phone. Let's talk to you. Hey, Dave, how are you? Good, David. He says, um, you want me to do it with the accent? It's your call. I'll do it with Izzy. Well, but test drive. You can use it on stage if it works. Yeah. It's a serious story. He says to David, I'm a kind of in a quandary. He says, and I'm being serious. He says, I'm going to tell you something. Tell me what you think. But tell you. And I took it serious. And I said, yeah, talk to me. He said, I bought furniture. And his life and music was never the same from that point. He bought furniture. He just bought furniture. First time in his life. He purchased furniture in nineteen early nineties. First time. Wow. First time. And it changed his life. It was significant, I think. If you ask me why that was such a quandary for him, because he was very serious. He was concerned. He was cutting the anchor chain. Okay. I have yet to buy furniture. Now, I think two ways on this. Is it because you have there's somebody else out there handling furniture duties? And you don't have you're to deal with it? To, you're or trying it to you're on steer tour? it. Tour you're too trying much? to steer it towards funny. I'm not being funny no, I'm, and you're I'm, no, not I'm, used to it. No, no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm trying you're to, struggling. I am you are struggling. That's right. I'm serious. Very serious. It's symbolic. Mm-hmm. He had never put down an anchor, not romantically, not spiritually, gotcha. not morally or musically anywhere. Very few people can live like that. There are only three kinds of people. Those who stay home, those who leave home, and those who go to sea. Mm-hmm. And David <laughs> had put out to sea as a very young man. When he finally came to shore in New York City and got married, everything he knew ended. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I never, I never bought furniture. And you still haven't bought furniture. That's correct, and that's what you see on stage. I'm not looking for a place to park. Hmm. I'm driving around. Right. Interesting. Interesting. You had um, one of the things that I'd uh, come across that I'd almost forgotten about was you had a, a run here years ago in a famous theater at the at Bally's in the in the mid '90s. What do you remember about that run? That was at the '90s. Well, that was I think. that. That was right at the me, Jesus. That was right at the juncture when family was turning into. I'll qualify it as MTV. Uh, Las Vegas was nowhere near as colorful and modern, sexy, young. It was family oriented and, you know, uh, circus kind of an approach, not adult at all. And 
I think I was ahead of myself a little bit of time. In fact, I got fired for making the joke that my girls dancing, I had a couple of mambo girls. I was very well into Hispanic influence there. Again, mm -hmm. perhaps mm -hmm. a little ahead of my time. Mm -hmm. And a couple of the mambo girls were dancing. And I said, look at them, ladies and gentlemen, so hot. Michael Jackson would quit the Boy Scouts. And they they literally fired me for that one. I was out in front with a, a guitar case in one hand and a shopping cart with my costumes and a top hat in the other. That ended the run, huh? That ended the gig? <laughs> that, literally. It, I, would get memos, I would get memos about the F-bomb or the F-word on mm -hmm. stage material that today gets you hired for Saturday Night Live in terms of content. It was... Um, Jesus, it's it's smart, smut. All mm -hmm. right, what I deal with is sometimes blue, but it's smart, blue, sexy, smart, scary, smart. That's what, uh, and it's always a sharing experience. Half of Van Halen, half of my classic audience has always been female. Very unusual mm -hmm. for most heavy rock or hard rock treatments. You can sing along. It's, that's my integrated busing background. Was. Uh, <laughs> I went to schools that were 95% black, Spanish-speaking, and me. And Cindy Yamashita, who was good at math, every class had at least one Japanese girl. I should have married Cindy Yamashita or whoever. And um, that had a decided influence on my record collection. So every Van Halen turn has four- and five-part harmony that is Temptations, Four Tops, if you know where to look. Yeah. Uh, right. mm -hmm. You know, half of what I'm doing on stage is the front man for Led Zeppelin, and the other half is James Brown, 1967, on The Ed Sullivan Show. Yeah. Hi. Boy, that's so true, David. On the other side of this, it was a sing it was it was hard rock, uh, but sing along stuff too that you could you could dance to. It was Van Halen was really unique in that from my perspective in their time at, at the beginning. It was very because of those very reasons. It was a unique experience to, to be a Van Halen fan. It was a sing along different mandatory. different neighborhood different neighborhoods place different values on different mm -hmm. components of music. Some people need it for dancing, some people see it as prayer. He who sings prays twice. I just heard that one. I'm not sure what it means, but it sounds deep. Yeah. Let's continue. Well, you know, and and I, I this happens to me all the time when I'm walking around Las Vegas. You hear the David Lee Roth voice, or you hear, you know, from the Van Halen era, your solo area. Every once in a while, your voice comes up sort of randomly, like you'll be walking through a casino or it's on house music somewhere. Uh, what happens to you when you hear your own voice, whether you're walking through whatever it is? It could be a mall or a club or whatever. Do you stop and, and sometimes think, wow, this is a little uh this is a little powerful to continue to hear my voice um i believe in god or some greater spirit to some degree and my god is the fierce and vengeful old testament god capable of tidal waves and trenchant warfare but my fierce and vengeful old testament god also invented borscht belt catskill jewish comedians mm -hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> i run into my voice in the most interesting colorful unusual and unexpected places okay okay it's uh you know you might see something like uh believe ripley's believe it or not how many hamburgers are manufactured and served by the oscar meyer company how many hot dogs are manufactured in one day and they'll show the machine spitting out hot dogs right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and in the background somebody is playing running with the devil 
<laughs> I, I don't know what the connection was, but some genius made that connection. That was okay. the result of a meeting. <laughs> how, how I, I wind up in movies that you we have to leave it on that one. But I've seen that. <laughs> we have to find the, the oddest places running with the devil has been used as background. I share with you what... My audience, as I suspect yours, just from this exchange, is both Harleys and Ferraris, okay? Mm -hmm, We get get college professors and we get Hell's Angels, okay? Mm -hmm. And sometimes the college professors give a little contribution somewhere that you'll hear it in in an elevator of a building that you wouldn't expect ever to deal with my music or my voice. Before I let Diamond Dave go, I had to ask him where that nickname, Diamond Dave, originated. Turns out there's more to it than you might have thought. It was um, integrated busing in 1960, hold on, Lyndon Johnson passed it in 64, 1966 or somewhere in there. The first bus left on the busing program, take kids from one side of town, the pale face side, to the good side of town. Okay. Um, that happened in Pasadena, the Golden Ghetto, we call it, which is where Jackie Robinson, the first black baseball player, came from. Okay, We call it the Golden Ghetto because there's a huge middle and lower middle class, every, enough jobs, a lot of food, grocery stores, and so forth, because they built the rest of Pasadena, which is Jet Propulsion Labs, California Institute of Tech, now blah, 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 blah. A lot, a lot of jobs, a lot of trees, Okay. And they figured this would be the best place to test busing. I was in the very first bus. And everything that I heard at the youth club dance was Motown, okay, which I can still sing every single syllable of, and then Stacks Bolt and so forth. So if you ask me who is your voice closest to, I'll tell you right off without a blink of an eye, Wilson Pickett. Okay. Mustang Sally! Now, I sounded like that when I was 12 years old. Okay. <laughs> That's helpful. Wow. Much to the, much to the rabbi's chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> Think you better roll your Mustang now. Like this, okay. And I practiced that assiduously when I was 12. Uh-huh. And I danced. Oh, yeah, you bet I danced because dancing's the what you can do when you have no money and no room to spend it in. You got no backyard. You got no patio. So you set up speakers. You push the furniture to the side of the wall. So singing and dancing are the first instruments you reach for when you are broke mm-hmm. or is a state of mind. Broke is what most Altadena was at my age. So we sung and danced like crazy. Coming, how you got dressed was different, okay? That don't take no ghost to come from the grave. Share that with you. Turn on BET, watch Hip Hop Channel, etc. There's a lot of flair. And if all you can afford is a pair of jeans, well, then you learn how to empty a full can of spray starch, get that razor crease, drop them low. You, you know, I'm doing mm-hmm. a little Wayne here, but you, know, <laughs> you can customize them even if you're in lockdown at Folsom. Come on, you can customize your jeans, get mm-hmm. them four sizes too big. Tighten them up with a three-size small belt. Just button the top of your razor crease. Prison issue blue denims at the top. Leave the rest unbuttoned. And that 
is kind of how I was dressing when I would go over to the Van Halen side of high school. Pasadena High School looked like Ridgemont High. <laughs> Think of Jeff Spicoli. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and, I'm with you. And, totally. and everybody from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, I say with respect. Okay, <laughs> Pendleton's tied around the waist, hair parted in the middle, boxer shorts, desert boots. Every sentence starts with dude, bro, whoa. Okay, and I, I speak tribe perfectly on both sides of the coin. I would show up at the Pasadena High School dance wearing suspenders, high top tennis, not high tops, two-tone Cuban heels from a meals on Colorado and Lake, yo, downtown, you see? Orlando Chavez and the Gomez brothers in the 48 bomb that we would have to push to get started. The art of push starting cars is a lost, it's a lost art. Yeah. Hello. So you, Mm -hmm. exactly. (laughs) And we would have to park six, eight blocks away from everything because we couldn't find a hill local. (laughs) Come in. And, and I would show up in the Van Halen's would look and they would say look he sparkles like a diamond it's done it's diamond day there you go (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah all right diamond dave well it's been great spending time with you and we're going to see you for sure when you get out here in uh, in january and and through your run house of blues really looking forward to this one and i hope you uh, i hope uh, it's everything you want because it's going to be exciting i think uh, in honor of January Elvis's birthday, I'm now I'm gonna go into the action. I want to thank you very much. It's a, also a very special guest this this afternoon talking to you on this tape recorder. And I want to invite you in all the good friends and the good people in Las Vegas Basin coming to make an appearance on my birthday. Thank you very much. <laughs> and they said he was dead. All right, sir. <laughs> Diamond Dave, it's great. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll look forward to meeting you in person here. And, uh, and uh, until then, uh, all the best, okay? Likewise. See you soon. Thanks once more to David Lee Roth for joining us on Podcats. We'll have another episode for you next Monday and every Monday after that, so make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. What is happening in the column, you might be asking yourselves? Well, Marshmallow, the superstar DJ, is out at Chaos Nightclub and Day Club at the Palms. He had agreed to a reported $60 million contract over two years. His buyout is less than half that. And the club is now planning to announce another set of DJs for 2020. Chaos is having what is called the Chaos Dome built over the top of the day club in time for Cardi B's Demon Dome party on Halloween. Magic Mike Live Las Vegas is moving from the Hard Rock Hotel to the Sahara Las Vegas next spring. The show closes at Hard Rock on November 24th as that hotel prepares to rebrand as Virgin Hotels Las Vegas next year. Magic Mike Live will perform in a brand new venue at the newly minted Sahara. Look for my column about spending a day with Marie Osmond as she performed with her brother Donnie at Flamingo Las Vegas, then flew to LA for the talk on CBS, returning to Las Vegas the next morning for another show at the Flamingo. What we learned about Marie, she has broken six toes during her 11 years on the Strip. Speaking of the Osmonds, Donnie will be appearing on Dancing with the Stars sometime this season for one show. He is a former champion, of course, so be on the lookout for scheduling updates on that appearance. Wayne Newton, our friend and Mr. Las Vegas, presided over a vow renewal ceremony at Link Hotel last week, for real. 
He was brought on stage as a surprise from Vinnie Adenolfi to his wife, Carol, during the Bronx Wanderers show at Matt Franco Theater. Vinnie and Carol have been married for 36 years, and Vinnie wanted to do something special for his wife. As Wayne would say, the place went ape. Closes out another episode of Podcasts. Thank you, Frankie Moreno, for our theme song, The Biggest Cat in Town. Keep up with me or try to on the Review Journal website or at Johnny Katz on Twitter, at Johnny Katz1 on Instagram, and listen to the next installment of Podcasts. Well, it's a jungle out there, baby, but I'm the biggest cat in town.